0: Hello, I'm Greg. Let's have an inappropriate conversation about Wonders, Part 2, the not-safe-for-work version. So my quick way of introduction, that was Manitoba's Wild Kingdom, and The Party Starts Now, from their album called And You. And this is the second time I've done a Wonders-focused show, and I'll introduce it more or less the same way I did last time. I've been dissecting the music on my mp3 player, the music in my collection lately, and I've essentially divided them into two parts. One of them uh, are artists, performers, where I've got more than one song on the player— And the others are what I'm going to call my own one-hit wonders. Now, as we work our way through this particular inappropriate conversations, focused on music, we're going to find that there's some examples where the fact that I may only have one song by a particular performer is, frankly, staggering. Surprises even me, in some cases. But it's true, I've recently looked and checked things out. Because over on my personal Facebook page, I've been doing an exercise that I've been calling First Track for more than a year now more than 400 consecutive days, as a matter of fact. I've been letting the random shuffle function on my MP3 player, pick an artist, and then from that artist, I've gone to look at the songs that I listen to on a regular basis and ask myself the question, what song led me here? What was the first song that led me to have more than one song by any particular group or performer on my MP3 player? And of course, going through the shuffle process, a couple things happen, especially after 400 days. I often land on an artist that I've already picked, and so I need to keep track and go through a process of avoiding repeating myself. But the other thing that happens is I land on an artist where there's only one song from that artist on my MP3 player, and I was intrigued by how often this happens. It happened enough that about a year ago, in fact, almost a year ago at this same time of year, I put out an episode called Wonders, and basically just played some of these one-hit wonders-type artists. And I was very careful to keep that a clean show, to not put an explicit language sticker on it. And this time, I'm not being very careful at all. This episode's going to have an explicit language sticker, and it's going to carry a variety of uh, artists from a variety of different kinds of music, including this sort of uh, garage band, proto-punk sound of Manitoba's Wild Kingdom, a group that emerged from the dictators when the dictators broke up or took a hiatus as a group. And believe it or not, when we get to our different drummer today, there'll be a little bit of a callback from the band Twisted Sister to the band The Dictators, primarily in the form of their bass player, Mark Mendoza, who spent time with the band The Dictators before becoming uh, at least the second, probably more than just the second, of a series of bass playing musicians in the history of the group Twisted Sister. I actually don't want to spend much time on Twisted Sister, in fact, uh, spoiler, They're not going to be in this one-hit-wonders collection. They won't be in any of these Wonders collections. And they're also not going to be featured on my personal Facebook page with a first track, because it's not just that I don't have more than one song from Twisted Sister on my MP3 player. I don't even have one. And yet, when we get to the different drummer segment, I'll explain why. In the meantime, from my own personal perspective... If I'm going to look at music and think, ooh, that one's going to have some language in it, that one's going to be not safe for work, as the uh, the abbreviation in SFW means, it's more likely to be punk, including punk music that I actually don't like. There's a sexism inside the song uh, The Party Starts Now by Manitoba's Wild Kingdom that despite the fact, despite the fact that I've got a soft spot for the song, I don't like that lyrical content. There's also some things about the band Fear I don't like as well, but... All the same, there's something iconic, something crucial in punk history, about their anthemic track, I Don't Care About You.
1: Back on, honey. for oh, god. <laughs>
0: equal opportunity as far as music goes. So after starting off with the punk song from Fear, I Don't Care About You, followed it up with 20 Fingers, a female-led rap track called Short Dick Man, and interlaced that a little bit with the house dance song by Lords of Acid, I Must Increase My Bust. I think the Lords of Acid album, Lust, was probably on my short list of albums that I wanted to hear more of before I bought and never heard more of, and therefore never actually got around to buying the full CD the entire time I was working in record stores, and at any point after that. But I did, you know, during the MP3 era, take the time to pick up the MP3 of this one particular song. And it's one of those songs where, even then, lyrically, not necessarily my cup of tea, but I was amused by the title alone. Just naming a dance song, I Must Increase My Bust, really works for me and provides a very different perspective from Short Dick Man, the track before it. Not every song that I want to share today in this Wonders Collection Part 2 is going to actually have explicit language on it. To me, there's a slight difference between this concept of explicit language parental warning as an idea and something being not safe for work. And we'll get there as we go throughout today. There's a not safe for work concept that doesn't include anything about bad words per se and one of the best examples that i can think of is the band silk and their single freak me i was very surprised in fact when the lose control album came out because it didn't carry any sort of uh, warning at least not that i can recall back in that year in that period in the 90s and yet in many ways the song carried as much of an adult content as any song that we were getting that we couldn't play in stores because it carried a sticker Free, baby. Uh-huh. tempted to cast my mind back to the fall of 1982 and being uh, in a walking campus at university as a freshman, having turned 18 years old. And I may have told this story before, but it seems appropriate now to set the stage for why I've got the Daz Band dropped into this particular collection. Let it whip can conceptually mean so many things. And perhaps Devo is more explicit in the double entendre they put into the term whip. Than anything the Dazz Band has done, but when I was thinking about the the music of Silk and their "Freak Me" track uh, and that underlying "Let Let Me Lick You Up and Down" theme, it kind of reminded me of of catching the very obvious, you know, double meaning in "Let It Whip" by the Dazz Band, and remembering being that age. I went to university when I was still seventeen years old and had about two and a half weeks or so of college life before I would turn eighteen. And I can distinctly remember one of the biggest mistakes I made as somebody who didn't have any compunction about underage drinking, wouldn't have minded going to bars, was going to bars during freshman week. If I had just waited uh, as a 17-year-old, even six or seven days, and gone to the bars after that initial like weekend was over, and all the students were at school, and I was one of 20 or 25,000 instead of just one of maybe 5,000 or so freshmen— because everybody who walked into a bar during that particular week was immediately carded. Because everybody was suspected to be on the young side of the spectrum. And even being big for my age and having a full beard didn't help. And once you've been carded and been identified at the bar that your friends most want to go to, well, then you're kind of they, you're remembered by the bouncer or by the bartender as being somebody underage. And I literally had to wait until the day of my birthday to actually get into some of these places because there was a, an admission to get in. So you had to be 18 to enter. But once you were there, then you could drink uh, three, two beer. In this case, was for the most part, that part of the country, what they served. But I was always amused because for whatever reason, the people that I was hanging out with, um, new friends mainly, on a dormitory floor at the time, were interested in a club called Bogies. And Bogies had some advantages. The beer was cheap. The popcorn was free. It had a dance floor, but it had a an area above the dance floor where you could sit and avoid all of that sort of uh, the cattle the cattle call type meat market aspects of what was often the kind of the vibe on the dance floor. But the music, because it was in a place where there was a dance floor, tended to be on this Duran uh Michael Jackson type vein. And one of the ones that I enjoyed the most of that particular kind of music, still being firmly entrenched in my rock and roll, alternative rock, disco sucks mentality, was the Daz band, Let It Whip. So for me, it, it fits in there. If I make a transition from Silk uh, to the Dazz band, and then from there over to Dangerous Toys, a cheesy heavy metal hair band from the, say, early 90s, maybe late 80s, And from what I think is their self-titled album, I don't know if it was their debut or not, but their self-titled album, and a song called Sportin' a Woody, quite the contrast. Hi there, this is Stu the Beard Perry entreating you to please listen to our show for those about to rock on SimplySyndicated.com.
2: Please listen to our show, please!
0: I guess in some ways, the theme of Sportin' a Woody isn't all that different from maybe Fred Schneider. The lead singer of B 52s on his first solo album, singing about a monster in my pants that does a naughty dance. Monster Rock. I've always liked the B-52s. When I got to the 400th first track entry, letting Random Shuffle pick the artists that have more than one song on my mp3 player, B-52s came up on day 400, and I was able to pick my first song from the very first album by B-52s. This, I think, might be, not 100% sure, but might be the first solo album from Fred Schneider. Uh, I saw it by the name of Fred Schneider in the Shake Society, and the reason that I bought it in the first place was this particular song, Monster. Along the theme that not every song on a not-safe-for-work collection of wonders needs to be explicit is the idea of dropping the Gaither vocal band in here. Now, anybody who knows the, the word Gaither has heard the name before knows that I'm talking about a, a form of contemporary Christian music that I used to see classified as southern gospel. This is very traditional. And the song here, He Touched Me, is a song that I sing in church as a hymn often enough. Where rarely a year goes by when somebody in a church setting doesn't want to sing the song, He Touched Me. But I find it greatly amusing to take a song with that name, He Touched Me, putting it into a collection that I've branded as not safe for work, just to see whether people assume the worst, and is this really the Gaither vocal band, or does, do the initials GVB stand for something else, and is the song going to be about molestation? Uh, it's not. But it's all the, all the same, it's an interesting contrast. Talk about interesting contrast. Gaither vocal band back to back with McCluskey, and that group's song "White Liberal" on "White Liberal Action." That also included in that set. Harvey Danger and Flagpole Sitta from their song "Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone?" Maybe the first one of these where I would point to it and say I'm genuinely surprised that I only have one Harvey Danger song on my MP3 player. And this, of course, from the notion of being one-hit wonders really probably is the one-hit, making them genuinely a one-hit wonder. That said, finished off with one of my favorite uh, protest rock albums, sort of a folk rock album, singer-songwriter Bruce Coburn, and his song, If I Had a Rocket Launcher. If I Had a Rocket Launcher, some son of a bitch would die. McCluskey is not one of my favorite groups. The only reason they're really on my MP3 player at all, and I think the only song, of course, is one-hit wonder is this white liberal on white liberal action, Part of it is the name of that song is why I picked that as the one song from them. They were recommended to me as a band that sounded a lot like The Fall, and I'm a big fan of the group The Fall, and I can see the connection, I can understand why people might have made, you know, made that recommendation to me. All the same, it didn't lead me to collect any more.
3: A wise man wants to find crazy as doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Voted for a Democrat or Republican lately? Seen any difference? Feeling crazy yet? There is a cure for political insanity. You just need an injection of common
4: sense. Watch out, though. It's a very big needle.
0: Dan Carlin. Common Sense. One of the other ones that surprised me when I got to looking and saying, well, do I have more than one track on my MP3 player from from certain performers, was The Comedian's. And I want to offset the different drummer segment here, not with music, not with the music of Kevin MacLeod, which is what I typically do, but instead I want to offset it with stand-up comedy. I'm going to play two different comedians and two two comedians who, oddly enough, uh, surprising to me, I only have one song from each one of them on my MP3 player. And I'll take it even a step further when we get to the second of these two comedians, not even my favorite track. So instead of music and singing, this is going to be stand-up and spoken word, and I'm going to use it to offset the different drummer. And I want to do that intentionally, ironically. Our different drummer today is Dee Snider. Dee Snider found himself in trouble, or at least uh, faced with the opportunity to defend himself before the United States Senate in the mid-1980s during the hearings for the Parents' Music Resource Center. And the lyrics or the words that he was using were part of that controversy. One of the things that's always kind of amused me when these sort of flare-ups about censorship happen, is that they're very rarely about books. Despite the fact that every year I do recognize and celebrate Banned Books Week, you tend to see more, more people getting up in arms about a movie than a book, and more efforts to directly and overtly ban and uh, exercise prior restraint against artists in the area of music than even movies and certainly uh, other forms of visual arts. And the funny thing about it is, there is more explicit language, more adult ideas in these two pieces of stand-up comedy that I'm going to play than probably in any of the lyrics of any of the songs in the rest of this entire Inappropriate Conversations show. The other thing that's ironic is that both of these two comedians uh, died too young, before they were actually able, probably, to share all, the, all the meaningful material that they would come up with, and uh, both of them operated blue. Playing our way in to the different drummer, Robert Schimmel, and his bet called Fake Breasts.
5: And I feel bad for my wife. I really love her so much. And she feels so out of shape because she just had the baby. And it doesn't help when you have a next-door neighbor that just bought fake tits. I mean, this lady, because she shows them off. Hey, how do you like them? You know, and she just went overboard. They're so out of proportion to her body that they're just beautiful. And... So my wife wants to go to the gym and work out and get back into shape and she takes me with her and, uh, you know, everybody looks so good at this place, you got to work out someplace else before you can go to this place. <laughs> but as soon as you get there, they weigh you to see how you are. And, you know, women might lie about the weight a little bit. You know, I get on the scale, my wife goes, how much do you weigh? I look at the scale and whatever it says, that's what I weigh. My wife has another mathematical equation that goes along with <laughs> the scale. I go, how much do you weigh? And she goes, well, my clothes are 10 pounds. (laughs) Your clothes are 10 pounds? What do you have, buckshot in your pockets? (laughs) She goes, my hair's a little wet. I didn't floss yet. Yeah, You didn't shit either, right? Let me help. That'll be like her going, did you ever measure your dick to see how long it was? Yeah, it's 13 inches. (laughs) Starting at the spleen. Well, who's to say where the spleen ends and the dick starts? I mean, a turtle isn't just the part that's sticking out of the shell.
0: Again, sad to say, Robert Schimmel died too young. Our different drummer is a surprise to me. I had never, uh, when I first started to make a list of people, even in the concepts of uh, being opposed to censorship or or being uh, outspoken in terms of having a set of values that are uh, independent, perhaps, of the music, lyrics, or art that a person produces. Even with all that as a given, I never would have expected D. Snyder to get named as a different drummer. But here's the thing. It wasn't that long ago that I was recording Inappropriate Conversations, number 148. I named it Freedom of Song, August of 2014. I named Frank Zappa a different drummer. And in the course of doing that recording, two things jumped out at me. One was that if I hadn't named Jello Biafra, the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, as a different drummer near the very beginning of Inappropriate Conversations back in 2010, that Biafra would have made a good different drummer for that particular episode. The other thing that jumped out at me was that Dee Snider also would have made an excellent different drummer for that episode. And to prepare myself for this particular different drummer segment, I did go back and listen to Inappropriate Conversations 148, and I think I've said a lot about Dee Snider even in the context of that one show. So not naming him a different drummer, I still perhaps gave him a fair amount of nod and a fair amount of credit. I quoted some of the things that he has written and some things that from a transcript of an interview. So his views have been represented before. But here I am coming along almost two years later thinking he probably does deserve a quick nod as a different drummer, and I'll do it ironically, as I'll do it in an episode talking about One-Hit Wonders and noting that Twisted Sister is sort of a nun-hit wonder for me. I don't really need to put We're Not Gonna Take It on my MP3 player. It's the kind of track that shows up from time to time on oldies radio. You don't have to be too aggressive about seeking it out if you want to hear it. And I'm not necessarily a fan of the band. But from a biographical perspective, let me just quickly quote Wikipedia about Snyder and then about the band. Just to sort of set the stage. Because what I really want to do in this different drummer segment is to hand the proverbial microphone over to Snyder and, let, uh, and share the introduction he did to his testimony all those years ago before Parents Music Resource Center. Daniel D. Snyder is an American singer-songwriter, screenwriter, radio personality, and actor, once again dealing with a different drummer who dabbles in more than one uh, venue. Snyder is most famous for his role as the frontman of the heavy metal band Twisted Sister. And it's interesting, because when you read the articles... There's an argument that, has, that happens about whether or not Twisted Sister should be considered hard rock or heavy metal or even glam rock. The Twisted Sister article on Wikipedia refers to them as an American heavy metal band from New Jersey, later based in Long Island. Um, their most well-known hits include We're Not Gonna Take It and I Wanna Rock. Anthemic party music is how I would describe them. Many of the band's songs explore themes of parent versus child conflicts, criticisms of the educational system, Often considered glam metal for its image, the band rejects the glam metal label and considers it inappropriate. Twisted Sister are also ranked 73 on VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of Hard Rock. They definitely made an impression in the video era, and they made an impression before that. I recently watched a documentary about the history of the band Twisted Sister and was surprised to find out that they were in existence going back as far as 1972. Now Snyder, being one of the younger members of the group, showed up a little later in their incarnation. Uh, I would think probably J.J. French would deserve the most credit as being the founding member of the band. But by the time Snyder came along, it wasn't long before he was sharing songwriting credits, including songwriting credits of some of their more popular songs. But it's interesting to me that the band might be opposed to the idea of being identified too directly as glam when they spent really the originating years of their group dwelling directly inside that glam sort of ovure, dressing in women's clothes. Uh, Dee Snider, even later, coming along using lots of makeup. But they certainly aren't glam in the same way that we might think of, like, David Bowie during that period of his career as being glam. They've always had much more of a hard rock edge. Whether you consider them hard rock or heavy metal, they're definitely a party rock hair band, I guess might be the way I would think of them. So imagine my surprise back in 1985... When Dee Snider walked into a uh, Senate committee hearing, and I'm not sure whether we're watching CNN or C-SPAN or how it was that I saw it, but I'm quite sure that I saw this footage live when it happened in 1985. His testimony left an impression. It seemed to me the, the most important voice I left out of an episode, number 148, focusing on prior restraint, censorship, and Parents' Music Resource Center, and the controversy in the 1980s over album and record label labeling. But maybe I can make that right by letting Snyder speak for himself.
5: Mr. Snyder, thank you for being here.
0: Thank you for having me here.
6: I don't know if it's morning or afternoon. I'll say both. Good morning and good afternoon. My name is D. Snyder. That's S-N-I-D-E-R. I have been asked to come here to present my views on, quote, the subject of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions that recording packages be labeled to provide a warning to prospective purchasers of sexually explicit or other potentially offensive content." Before I get into that, I'd like to tell the committee a little bit about myself. I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I have a three-year-old son. I was born and raised a Christian, and I still adhere to those principles. Believe it or not, I do not drink, I do not smoke, and I do not do drugs. I do play in and write the songs for a rock and roll band named Twisted Sister that is classified as heavy metal, and I pride myself on writing songs that are consistent with my above-mentioned beliefs. There are many facets to this complex issue, and time does not permit me to address all of them. However, my feelings are expressed for the most part by the August 8, 1985 letter to the Parents Music Resource Center from Mr. Stanley Gordikoff, President of the Recording Industry Association of America. This letter was a formal response to the PMRC's petition of the RIAA. The only part of this document I do not support is Mr. Gordikoff's unnecessary and unfortunate decision to agree to a so-called generic label on some selected records. In my opinion, this should be retracted. Since I seem to be the only person addressing this committee today who has been a direct target of accusations from the presumably responsible PMRC, I would like to use this occasion to speak on a more personal note and show just how unfair the whole concept of lyrical interpretation and judgment can be and how many times this can amount to little more than character assassination. I have taken the liberty of distributing to you material and lyrics pertaining to these accusations. There were three attacks in particular which I would like to address. Accusation number one. This attack was contained in an article written by Tipper Gore, which was given the form of a full page in my hometown newspaper on Long Island. In this article, Ms. Gore claimed that one of my songs, Under the Blade, had lyrics encouraging sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. The lyrics she quoted have absolutely nothing to do with these topics. On the contrary, the words in question are about surgery and the fear that it instills in people. Furthermore, the reader of this article is led to believe that the three lines she quotes go together in the song, when, as you can see from reading the lyrics, the first two lines she cites are an edited phrase from the second verse, and the third line is a misquote of a line from the chorus that the writer could misquote me is curious since we make it a point to print all our lyrics on the inner sleeve of every album. As the creator of Under the Blade, I can say categorically that the only sadomasochism, bondage and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. Accusation number two. The PMRC has made, a public, made public a list of 15 of what they feel are some of the most blatant songs lyrically. On this list is our song, We're Not Gonna Take It, upon which has been stowed a V-rating indicating violent, lyrical content. You'll note from the lyrics before you that there is absolutely no violence of any type either sung about or implied anywhere in the song. Now, it strikes me that the PMRC may have confused our video presentation for this song with the meaning of the lyrics it's no secret that videos often depict storylines completely unrelated to the lyrics of the song they accompany the video for we're not going to take it was simply meant to be a cartoon with human actors playing variations on the roadrunner wild e coyote theme each stunt was selected from my extensive personal collection of cartoons you'll note when you watch the entire video that after each catastrophe our villain suffers through, in the next sequence he reappears unharmed by any previous attack, no worse for the wear. By the way, I'm very pleased to note that the United Way of America has been granted a request to use portions of our We're Not Going to Take It video in a program they are producing on the subject of the changing American family. They asked for it because of its... Yeah, they asked for it because of its quote, light-hearted way of talking about communicating with teenagers." Unquote. It is gratifying that an organization as respected as the United Way of America appreciates where we're coming from. I've included a copy of the United Way's request as part of my written testimony. Thank you United Way. Accusation number three. Last Tuesday a public forum regarding the Lyric controversy was held in New York. Among the panelists was Ms. Gore. Trying to stem the virtual tidal wave of anti-rating sentiment coming from the audience, Ms. Gore made the following statement, quote, I agree this is a small percentage of all music, thank goodness, but it's becoming more mainstream. You look at even the t-shirts the kids are wearing and you see Twisted Sister and a woman in handcuffs sort of spread-eagled, unquote. This is an outright lie. Not only have we never sold a shirt of this type, we have always taken great pains to steer clear of sexism in our merchandise, records, stage show, and personal lives. Furthermore, we have always promoted the belief that rock and roll should not be sexist, but should cater to males and females equally. I feel that an accusation of this type is irresponsible, damaging to our reputation, and slanderous. I defy Ms. Gore to to produce such a shirt to back up her claim. I'm tired of running into kids on the street who tell me that they can't play our records anymore because of the misinformation their parents are being fed by the PMRC on TV and in the newspapers. These are the only three accusations I've come across. All three are totally unfounded. Who knows what other false and irresponsible things have been said about me or my band? There happens to be one area where I'm in complete agreement with the PMRC, as well as the National PTA, and probably most of the parents on this committee. That is, it is my job as a parent to monitor what my children see, hear, and read during their preteen years. The full responsibility for this falls on the shoulders of my wife and I, because there is no one else capable of making these judgments for us. Parents can thank the PMRC for reminding them that there is no substitute for parental guidance, but that is where the PMRC's job ends. The beauty of literature, poetry, and music is that they leave room for the audience to put its own imagination, experiences, and dreams into the words. The examples I cited earlier showed clear evidence of Twisted Sisters music being completely misinterpreted and unfairly judged by supposedly well-informed adults. We cannot allow this to continue. There is no authority who has the right or the necessary insight to make these judgments. Not myself, not the federal government, not some recording industry committee, not the PTA, not the RIAA, and certainly not the PMRC. I'd like to thank the committee for this time, and I hope my testimony will aid you in clearing up this issue.
5: Thank you, Mr. Sider.
0: I mentioned at the beginning, when playing us in with Manitoba's Wild Kingdom, that Mark Mendoza, the bass player for the probably the classic version of Twisted Sister, certainly the most well-known version of the band, uh, was also a bass player for the Dictators, and the Dictators would later... uh, members of the Dictators would later emerge as Manitoba's Wild Kingdom. We'll hear from them at the end of the show. For now, though, I want to play us out of this different drummer segment with Sam Kennison. Kennison, another one of the comedians who died before I think he was finished honing his craft and doing his work. And if you told me that all the tracks by Sam Kennison that I'd ever heard before, the one and only one that I would have on my MP3 player is Buddies. Coming from his CD, Have You Seen Me Lately, I would have been a little bit surprised. I might have guessed that World Hunger or Alphabet from his debut CD would have found its way onto my player and joined that track. I have a CD downstairs of a more recent recording, one of the last, I think, by Kennison. And the main reason that's not on my MP3 player is the version of the CD I have has one track for the entire live performance. Now, that makes sense. It was a live performance and there was a, a through a through line. I mean, they're very hard in the case of that one album to pick places where you might have quote-unquote songs start and stop to create a track list from it. But because it was basically a you 45-50 know, minute work, I never put it on any, any of my MP3 players. I've got it, but it doesn't show up in Shuffle. Not like the track Buddies does. The track Buddies shows up in Shuffle, and I've got to be careful that it doesn't show up in and shuffle while I'm at work. Because, like this episode, this particular bit is not safe for work. I was married for two
2: fucking years!
3: God damn it, man. 24 hours a day, 365 days each fucking year I was married. I've been married twice, that's how smart I am. Yeah, my second wife, oh my fucking Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, I married her just to piss another woman off, man. Very dumb, stupid, high, drunk thing to fucking do, yeah. you know? My friends were all for it. You know, we're staying up for two or three days, and I'm, I'm, this other bitch was breaking my fucking heart. They go, marry her, man. Marry that girl wants to marry. You. That'll show her. You know always get a divorce. She doesn't mean nothing to you. That'll show her. You want to stick it in her fucking heart and twist it? Do it. Yeah, man, do it. <laughs> Yeah, man, really, man. You have to take that shit. So I wake up next to my new fucking wife. I'm just glad she spoke English, you know what I mean? Who are you, the maid? Great, great. I'll just learn to eat this kind of food, you know? Yeah, it was a big fucking mistake, man. And you can't blame your friends, you gotta take a little responsibility about it but you gotta watch friends, man, they're fucking out of, my, out of their minds, you know. They'll let you piss in your fucking suitcase in front of people. Don't you remember when you pissed in your suitcase last night, man, you were so drunk? No. No, I don't fucking remember that. Well, I want to thank you guys for letting me do it. Thanks, buddies, I'm glad I could be the fucking home entertainment center for everybody. I'm glad you let me show everybody my fucking dick and piss in my fucking suitcase. It must've been a big laugh for the whole fucking room. Thanks buddies, thanks a lot. Hey, I got off light. I was at a Christmas party about six weeks ago. This guy falls asleep on the fucking couch. You know, he's on the couch. He's gone, he's drunk out of his fucking mind. His mouth's wide open. These guys get around his face, they pull their dicks out. They put him around his face and take some little Polaroid shots of just his face and the dicks. That's all you see. Now that's what you want. Blown up, copied, and handed around the office, you know. A picture of you looking like you've got a dick in your ass. Look mouth wide open. Look, look, he's in ecstasy. He loves this. Three dicks in your face. You just look at him. You're going, oh. Bob, could you come to the office and bring everything in your desk with you? Yeah, there's some photos that have serviced here at work. and uh... It's a joke, sir. It's a joke. It's my friend's. Yeah. yeah, it's your buddies. Oh, shit. Some of you are sick enough to oh, I'm writing that down. That's my next party prank, I'll tell you that. I know who we're going to do that to. It'll, last time he gets drunk and sleeps in my fucking house.
0: I mentioned range, and there's going to be some range here. Coming out of the different drummer segment, I want to go with country music, Shelley West, and a track called Jose Cuervo. I don't find it to be particularly risque or adult, but it does mention drinking. And when you think about what the movie rating system and the video game rating system does, we now have a special code that gets thrown out there for for drug abuse or underage drinking or binge drinking, trying to find a way to, you know, perhaps let parents know that there's going to be some potentially antisocial, reckless, self-destructive behavior depicted in this particular movie, or maybe even on a game. Uh, Shelley West, Jose Cuervo might qualify from that perspective, and I'm going to blend it in a little bit with Melanie, Brand New Key. And if you've heard the song by Melanie before and never saw where the double entendre was with I've got a brand new pair of roller skates, you've got a brand new key... Well, that's a shame. If nothing else, the movie Boogie Nights should have driven the theme home.
7: Well, it's Sunday morning and the sun is shining in my eye That is open and my head is spinning Was the life of the party I can't stop grinning I had too much tequila last night Say, Cuervo, you are a friend of mine i like to drink you with a little salt and lime Did I kiss all the cowboys? Did I shoot out the lights? Did I dance on the bar? Did I start any fights? This cowboy who's sleeping beside me Well, he's awful cute, but how'd I get his shirt on? I had too much the last night Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine I'd like to drink you with a little salt and lime Did I kiss all the cowboys? Did I shoot out the lights? Did I dance on the bar? Did I start a fight? Well, the Well, Did I shoot out the lights? Did I dance on the bar? Did I
2: start a fight?
0: So that may be a surprising NSFW version of a wonder. I don't think it's at all odd that maybe I only have one song by Melanie on my MP3 player. In fact, my favorite version of Brand New Key isn't Melanie at all. It's April Smith doing a remake of that at a live concert performance that I think I heard first through NPR's All Songs Considered or their live concert version of that particular podcast podcast. But some of the other tracks that I have only one from are unsurprising because it would shock me if a lot of people have heard of the group. Then, if you're back into punk for a moment, and a song I first heard on a compilation called "Let Them Eat Jelly Beans," it's the Subhumans and their song "Slave to My Dick." Probably clear long before now why this is a explicit language episode. It's funny, though, that I'm probably getting the explicit language tag just for reading song titles. That amuses me a little bit. And some of these songs, referring to autoerotic behavior, uh, to me, the best example of an autoerotic behavior song doesn't qualify here for the one-hit wonders, because it's Madonna. And uh, Into the Groove is a song that I find to be representative of this sort of, uh, you know, in my case, I've always referred to it as female masturbation. And it's cracked me up in the past that I've met people who are, I would describe them probably as big Madonna fans, who never saw that particular throughput in the song Into the Groove when it first appeared, way back when, as a uh, track from the soundtrack to the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. So I quickly take a look at my first track list. I don't think I've gotten to Madonna yet. It's a bit of a spoiler for people who actually follow me on my personal Facebook page and have looked at the first track stuff when we get to Madonna. The song's going to be into the groove. But perhaps one of the most famous auto-erotic focused songs in history is The Vapors and their alternative rock song, Turning Japanese. <laughs>
8: Too. I see that's there and there's nothing else to do Oh, it's in colour
2: Your hair is brown Your eyes are hazel
8: And so clowns I have the you when there's no one else around
2: I got your picture i got your picture I'd like a million Of you over my cell
8: I want a doctor To take a picture So I can look at you From inside as well He can me Turning up and turning down, I'm turning Here I'm turning When I'm turning Japanese I think I'm turning, so. turning, turning Japanese I really think so Turning Japanese I think I'm turning Japanese I really think so Turning Japanese I think I'm turning Japanese I really think so Turning Japanese I think
2: I got your picture, I got your picture, I'd like a million of them around right myself. I want a doctor to take a picture So I can look at you
8: from inside as well. You can continue. In the i so. so. No sex, no drugs, no wine, no women, no fun. Total stranger, everyone avoids me like a cyclone Ranger Everyone That's fucking Tony Japanese, I think I'm Tony Japanese, I really think so Tony Japanese, I think I'm Tony Japanese, I really think so Tony Japanese, I think I'm Tony Japanese, I really think so Tony Japanese, I think I'm Tony Japanese, I really think so i so standing in I'm I'm
0: was D-Day and Too Young to Date. And before that, the Get Funky Crew, Shake Them Titties. And my version, the one I've got for Get Funky Crew on MP3 player, comes from a a various artist collection, uh, something related to Summer Booty Collection, I believe is one of the Booty Summer Party. That's it, the Booty Summer Party. I don't have the CD at home for Booty Summer Party, but what I do have, I believe on cassette tape, is the 12-inch single for this original release by Get Funky Crew, Shake Them Titties. Backside was their clean version, which is interesting to me, because the clean version, the one that I think they may have presumed they could have had played on radio, was uh, Shake Them Boobies, as if the one distinction in the one word was enough. But as we know from George Carlin and the Pacifica Radio case over what words can and can't be said on the radio, George Carlin's Seven Words You Can't Say on Television is the specific title, uh, Tits is in there. Shit, piss, cunt, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Boobs isn't. So maybe the Good Funky Crew was on on to something. And a danceable rap jam called Shake Them Boobies would be just fine. Probably not just fine in any radio station in the suburban parts of the country that I've lived in. But then again, most of the rap that you hear comes from the coasts. D-Day is interesting. I intend to go to the comments section at uh, www.inappropriateconversations.org and paste an entire set uh, of the uh, albums from which these songs have come and a link to them so that you can at least investigate what it might take to get one. The reality is that probably more of these songs than not are unavailable right now. Uh, Certainly unavailable on CDs, many of them not available as mp3. But there's often a link to how you could... uh, you know, buy a used-out-of-print copy through maybe the Amazon Marketplace or somewhere else like that. Or in some cases, going all the way back to vinyl. And I'm not talking about the, uh, the hipster new vinyl releases of certain classic rock songs. I'm talking about an old, an old 33 and a third, because they just don't make these anymore. D-Day was the toughest one. Of all the ones that I went looking for, too young to date, with its, uh, well, problematic lyrics, uh, maybe it's okay that it's not easy to find. I could find a link to a non-Amazon site that gave me um, what, what appears to be a 45 RPM single or a cassette single or some sort of you know, two-song version of this. But the, uh, I've got it on an MP3 that at some point along the way I, I downloaded for a kind of a New Wave Volume 4 of Just Can't Get Enough or something like that. Uh, I'm just not finding that particular edition available and that's probably typical. A lot of these one-hit wonder type things come to me either from in-store play collections or various artist collections. I mentioned, you know, the Get Funky Crew. Right now, if I wanted to get a copy of it, I would have to get some sort of party collection. And uh, D-Day I've got on an alternative rock various artist collection. The next one I'm going to play, sort of a spoken word. I don't even know what to call it besides just putting it generically under either alternative rock or spoken word, came from something called Afternoon Delight, released um, not just in in-store play, but also for sale as a various artist collection from the Sub Pop record label. The artist is Stephen Jesse Bernstein, and the song, or the track, is This Clouded Heart. <laughs>
9: clouded heart where the rain begins and the traffic dies. We cry a little because of the bricks showering from the broken buildings, the windows divided into pieces of pictures, the incomplete dirt and sallow gardens. There is a girl, she doesn't know what her breasts are for and holds them up curiously with her fingers. Her eyes are two wagons gone off down different sidewalks pulled by boys with playing cards in their pants who can't read their hands, whose goodbye mouths sail higher and higher. The soles of their shoes are virgins. This is a neighborhood of padded mud, wheels gone all the way, kisses like the electric wires inside, eels, nervous knives, pretty pistols, mothers, gods, fathers, cops, leaning with shame. The deteriorated winter is yellow, and its cruel dust is everywhere. Unhandled bars, stair rails, steeples, all broken off. Rooftops that smell like moldy sausage. The boys shake out their cards in the dark, but there is only one girl in the whole city, and she is pregnant. All have the same mother, went on the same vacation. Father, toot-toot like oranges against the skyscraper. Could be that man, could be that one an avalanche of fathers that kill you with snakes with beliefs that are the inventions of snakes here is an eye and here is an eye this one watches you and this one watches you you feel that you are watched when you are private and even when you are not private you cannot choose your audience you feel that everything you do is pornography, mother cries father slaps and punches the beliefs explained and the buildings where it is explained all stink and are filled with slippery objects that you cannot touch, you are so nasty you go to the psychologist's office take your pants down and look up there with a visionary stethoscope and give you plastic chewing gum to mutter the pain avon lady eyeglasses through the windshield shirt button mouth cleavage like the holocaust someplace you look down sick for your own good makeup time in school Lipstick and fingernail polish on a corpse Look in the dummy box There are two wet breasts And an ace of diamonds and a five The nipple is made of straw Like a doll nipple, dry and sweet Give her your cigarettes, your silver star David, your ancient ridicule That hackles over the fences That surround and divide history Into ghettos and she will fuck you On the newspaper with the cat shit And motor oil, give you an even break Where there used to be just shatter lines In your cement There is a girl in there, you swear, we swear in memory. Look down where they poured the basement floor, the landlord watching, looking at the electric clock, listening, saying, too much talk here, counting and counting to ten, which is all you need to know to count to a million. He watches them and we watch him. There's a girl down there, we whisper, her glasses in my shirt on a string, beating like a heart against the skin, and she can't see no more. Counts to a million and goes to his car, writes one million on a piece of paper and drives away with millions on paper. You fucking phony genie, give me my wish under the auditorium stairs this time. And no bullshit, show up this time or I'll swipe your glasses and never give them back. She's got something to cry about, they say at the pop stand, made her do pornography to pay the rent got a skin disease on her pussy turned off the heater and when her baby froze on the rug furniture legs stuck in it like a blue popsicle and toys all over sold them back to the store for batteries for the radio to hear where the food bank is Doa playing like mice through the wall onion skin propeller twirling in the gray light bulb and oh it's gonna get dark this the sun shit on the roof i got a hammer lock pencil sharpener you can use in a fight got her under the stairs and i'll trade you shut the basement floor over her for a million all the walls are covered with pictures already of her and me you, fucking each other all day, every day and Cars and vans going in and out The cops taking away the night For something it did Shatter lines across the moon Where it used to shine Heaven up in jail God splintered by bars Drinking out of the toilet in San Diego Saw him through the little window And he had no more money Gave him my cigarettes Silver star of David On a wet afternoon Almost got run over Going from the jail to the bail bond And still I wouldn't take nothing I had my run over self so five lucky cards section green job never heard of a poor jew they said and threw everything on the floor my dad's in there he's like god to me my god's in there he's like a dad to me well give him all your cigarettes they said and he did time and got raped by guards and prisoners and knifed and kicked the shit out of him, went in a hole for five months three weeks did not cry for nine years which is almost a million and next time the landlord smiled was when they took the furnace out and everyone had to get their own heat. You got an eye on your hooligan and I know your bread box is on fire and the panties was oozing milk, but the tracks on your arms talk right into the walkie-talkie. Squad cars fall right out of the sky to see it. Angels of hysteria, tattletale virgins with nothing to tell whistling their once bright air where now just bricks fly where once was a bird or two. Oh mama, get me a plane take it out of here oh mama put me on a bus oh mama get daddy out of jail how come the hole in the roof isn't big enough so i can fly out but it's big enough so the rain can get in and i saw you in the picture and i saw you in the picture and i'm not too young or too dumb to know what you was doing in the picture i saw you in my clouded heart
0: big fan of surrealism and uh Dadaism, I guess I would say. And this clouded heart kind of works somewhere in there. That stream of consciousness paints an interesting story. And, you know, I've got two or three songs from that original sub-pop collection that I carry with me. One is Rory Rides Me Raw by the Vaselines, uh, referring to a bicycle seat or a motorcycle seat. And the other one is the Reverend Horton Heat, Where in the Hell Did You Go With My Toothbrush? And I've got lots of songs by Reverend Horton Heat, including Christmas songs on my MP3 player. But when I got around to naming the first track for, for Reverend Horton Heat, it was Where in the Hell Did You Go With My Toothbrush, which I own both on this Afternoon Delight collection, but also on a uh, Best of Reverend Horton Heat collection. So I could probably, in other words, let go of the Vaselines and pick their song up some other way. And I've already got a copy of the song I like most by the Reverend Horton Heat in some other way. Afternoon Delight stays in my collection primarily because of this one track by Stephen Jesse Bernstein, including a little bit of explicit language and certainly some strange and mystifying adult themes. So this is the idea of a Wonders collection. I can't guarantee that there'll be a Wonders 3 at some point. I do know that when I do one, I don't think it'll be a a not safe for work one because this was where I kind of isolated all those NSFW tracks into one place. Heck, I may revisit this idea of of, of collections of this sort, maybe not just one-hit wonders, but clips and snips of music that mean things to me from my childhood when we get closer to Father's Day. That's a tentative plan. We'll see what happens. But for this one, I'm going to end this song on what may for some people be a couple of high notes. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody could genuinely express some surprise that I, I could possibly be naming in a wonders show the bands Bell Bib DeVoe and the artist Alanis Morissette. How could I only have one song from a couple of genuine hit makers like them? Well, the first thing I'll say is, I do have the song Poison, the title track from the album Poison by BBD, on my player. I just have it not by the band themselves, but I've got the Straight No Chaser remix of that, where they've taken that song, done it completely a cappella, and blended it with Michael Jackson's Billie Jean this is also how I have Michael Jackson, um, the Billie Jean song, not on my MP3 player from his Thriller album, but from the Straight No Chaser interpretation of it. What this means, though, is because Poison is technically showing up under the artist name Straight No Chaser, the only track on my MP3 player from Belle Biv DeVoe is Doomy.
2: look at me Tell me do you like what you see
8: Do you think you can Do you think you can do me Kiss me pretty baby Touch me all over Girl what makes you think you can do And leave on your shoes Would you mind
7: if I looked at you for a moment Before I make sweet love Backstage, underage, adolescent How you doing fine? Shoes wide, I side I like to do the wild thing Action took place Hey, mm. kind of way Come on, don't forget the j yeah. The M, the M, the y, yo I need a body bag
10: six o'clock on the swatch watch no time to chill got a day can't be late hey the girl is gonna do me Move
8: to the jacuzzi yeah. that food smack it up flip it rub it down oh no To me, yeah, baby, Oh, move just
2: a little bit closer. Ooh. I love the way
8: you touch me when you touch my body all over, me yeah, yeah. Oh, come on and sweat me, just a little bit, yeah. That's the way I like it, baby. <laughs> Overhead. let me correct your beautiful body, kiss you from head to toe, uh, and make you sweat, yeah, we gon' going and try heat all the way at the point, 95, baby, and just sing with me, that's the way I like to do it. Oh no! So,
2: like, you oh no! Oh the Oh Oh so,
8: your I
2: want you
0: We've talked a little bit about censorship, and it it does amuse me that when you hear a song like You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette on the radio, you honestly never have any idea whether it's going to be a bleeped or squiggled version or a truncated version with a verse or part of a verse missing. Sometimes you hear it as is, warts and all, and sometimes you don't. What I appreciate in the song You Ought to Know is the anger, but to me it's ironic, pun intended, that I don't have any other songs by her on my mp3 player, including not having any other songs from this particular album, Jagged Little Pill. That's one of the things about sharing music. It's not just that there's maybe interesting bands and interesting musical concepts here, that if I only have one song from the artist, maybe other people haven't heard, heard of them at all. If anybody who really has a strong um, protest rock perspective has never heard of Bruce Coburn, Man, perhaps this is the moment where Bruce Coburn jumps out and be, they become aware of him for the very first time. There's more to him than just if I had a rocket launcher, even though that's the only song on my MP3 player. But the other thing about it is that sharing musical taste says a lot about me. So it's if this is one of these places where I'm going to make what I consider to be that fatal flaw. Maybe it's a prideful flaw of blending and blurring that distinction between sharing something with somebody and saying, I like this. And it you know, becoming more of an I'm like this statement instead of a just an I like this statement. And I find that's always true with music. If somebody shares you uh, the music that's uh, loaded onto their phone or their MP3 player and you scroll through it, you are, whether you're aware of it or not, capable of learning a great deal about them just by the music that they own and listen to. In fact, if you could, you know, see the statistics behind it and see which of these songs do they listen to the most that would also be revealing. But that's sort of a you know double-edged sword. Because on the one hand, I've isolated bands like the Subhumans to just one song, but that song is called Slave to My Dick. And I've had the audacity to drop He Touched Me, a famous hymn performed by a famous group called the Gaithers, into the midst of all of this other nonsense. I've even had the uh, uh, the desire to point out that Brand New Key is actually a very dirty, dirty song at least for its time and for its place. But as I end this inappropriate conversation show, and instead of the normal theme music, play ourselves out with the balance of the song from Manitoba's Wild Kingdom, The Party Starts Now, some of it just reminds me that a lot of this music, despite the fact that I've got some tolerance or an affinity for it, it's also problematic. For whatever reason, I guess that was something I thought you ought to know.
11: Tape. And
5: everybody knows that mixtapes mean I love you.